Welcome to the Create Purpose Podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little different. I want to, every once in a while, give you something really short, bite-sized, and come at you with a little bit different approach than our standard interview format. And we'll call it coaching. Coaching with Zach. And for today's coaching topic, we're going to get into how to build your dream team. Because for you and I to build a big vision, to grow our business, build our dream, it's going to require two things of us. One, we have to put ourselves working in our unique greatness, doing the things we love to do, we're passionate about, really lights us up, and we're also good at, great at, and can have the greatest impact in our business. And what's also true is for us to do that, we have to surround ourselves with our dream team, people on our team doing the same thing we are, living into their unique greatness. That is how you achieve a great vision. I have a daughter. Her name's Claire. She's nine years old. I, I picked her up from school the other day, and I asked her, you know, how, how was your day, honey? And she looks up at me, and she says, I have to play football on a real football field next week. Can we buy a football and maybe play some catch and practice a little bit? I said, sure. And so we go to Dick's Sporting Goods, and we get a, a little f- football, and we're playing catch in the backyard, her and her sisters and I, and you know, everyone's getting a little bit better. And we do that for several days. And, and now it comes, it's Wednesday morning. It's time for the big game. And we're getting the kids ready for school, my wife and I. And who are we kidding? Most of the time, it's my wife getting my kids ready for school. But I checked up on my oldest daughter, Claire, and just to see where she was at, because I knew she had her game. And she's in her room, sitting on her bed, knees to her chest, crying. I don't want to go to school today. I don't, I don't, you can't make me go to school. I don't, I don't, I'm not going, you know? And I talk her into getting in the car, getting her shoes on, getting in the car. And I dropped her off. And then at the end of the day, I pick her back up, you know, and I'm, I'm all excited. I'm like, how did the day go? You know? And so she's in the car and I go, so Claire, how'd it go? Oh, we didn't have PE today. So if you've ever seen the movie Groundhog Day, she proceeds to tell me we didn't have PE today. It's tomorrow. So I'm, you know, okay. Let's do this all over again. Sure enough, Thursday morning, getting the kids out the door. Where's Claire? Walk up to her room. She's on her bed, knees to her chest. She's still in her pajamas. <laughs> I'm not going to school today. She's crying. And I sit down on her, the edge of her bed and, you know, and I just acknowledge her, you know, gosh, sounds like you're really nervous about the game today. Yeah, I'm really scared. I don't, I don't want to play football. I'm not good at it. I said, Claire, well, would it help if we, we practiced a few before we got in the car? Yeah. Well, honey, go ahead and get, get dressed, get your school clothes on, and meet me downstairs. So she comes downstairs, and we play catch a few times, and, and she's getting it. She's getting better. We get in the car, drop her off for school, and the day goes on. It's time to pick them up from school now, and she gets in the car. I'm like, Claire, how'd, how'd it go? Did you catch any, any passes today, any touchdowns? She goes, no, but I threw a few. You were the quarterback? Yeah, dad, I'm a lot better at throwing the ball than I am catching it. What about you? What about you? I mean, are you focusing more on what you should be good at, what you ought to be doing, instead of acknowledging your own unique greatness? Because today we're talking about you living into your unique greatness and then building a team around you. Because the number one best and only way for you to do that is you've got to build a great team. You've got to be able to build a dream team around you people who are also leaning into their own unique greatness. And you have to build a team. And the sooner you do that, the better off you're going to be. And the faster you're going to grow your business, and the sooner you're going to be spending your time 
where you have the most impact, doing work that energizes you instead of leaves you feeling exhausted. There are five mistakes creative entrepreneurs make when building their team. There's five. So what are the five most common mistakes that creative entrepreneurs make as they try to build their own team? Mistake number one is waiting, just simply waiting. They get caught up in, you know, just kind of the belief that, you know, I'm not ready to build a team. I don't have the cash flow to hire yet. I can do it. I'm fine. Because, but here's the thing. I can't tell you, this is just a recent example. A client came to me just this past week. They just hired a a marketing director for their business, a true marketing leader for their business. And the first thing she told me was, should have done this sooner. Within the first week, she knew that it was going to be a game changer for her and her business. And I should have done it sooner. That's always what I hear is I should have done it sooner. Why don't we do it sooner? Because we believe we're not ready. And all that does is it limits us and really slows down the growth of our business because now we're spending way too much time doing a lot of the stuff that is outside of our unique greatness. It's outside of what we love to do and we're great at and we're passionate about. And it's exhausting. Your number one goal is to spend as much of your time doing high value impact activity in your business. And whatever is not that is really limiting you. So what if every 90 days you were to let go of one thing that you'd rather not be doing so that you could be doing more of the work you love to do and has the most value on your business? And as you start to collect those things that you're going to start to say no to, there's going to be a role on your team. It's going to appear. And now your next task is to go find those people to start taking that stuff off your plate. So that's mistake number one is just simply waiting, kind of getting caught up in that story and that belief that I'm not ready. You know, the time's not right. I don't have enough cash flow yet. And ultimately, all that does is it prevents you from getting clarity of what this business might look like if you were to have a team and instead leaves you carrying all the weight around on your back. That's only going to take you so far. It's going to be very limiting. It's going to be exhausting. That's mistake number one. Mistake number two is not having a bigger vision, not getting a bigger vision. I think that so many business owners, the business starts out maybe as a side hustle in their basement, in their house, you know, in the fringe hours, the morning and evening hours, you know, all with the hope and dream of building a business that we can do full time, that we can bring in a consistent income and start to hire a team That's the vision. Well, at some point, we achieve that vision. You know, a business owner came to me saying, I just don't have the energy for the business anymore. I'm exhausted, and I'm not sure if I keep doing this. And that's what ends up happening is we reach a point to all of a sudden our business does take off, but then the minutiae starts to take over. The drudgery of running the business starts to take over, and we know we can't keep doing what we're doing. We just don't know what else to do. And we start to feel exhausted. We start to feel drained. All because we have an outdated vision. We're still living in the vision that we had two, three, four, five years ago when we set out to build this business. Now we've achieved the vision. Now we're more afraid of losing what we have than creating something bigger. And that keeps us on this hamster wheel experience of just constantly trying to keep some customers that we don't really want to serve or keep selling products we don't really like to make. 
at prices we really wish we could charge more for. We never level up in our business and really get that bigger vision. And here's the opportunity. The opportunity, the better way is the second that you get to the top of one of your mountains, right? You achieve that vision of owning your own business that generates consistent cash flow for for you and your family. And then it also affords you to hire people. You know, once you've achieved that, you're at the top of that mountain. What time is it? It is time to put yourself at the bottom of a new mountain to get a bigger vision. Not only a bigger vision, not one that's daunting, that feels heavy, but one that excites you, that lights you up. Going back to the why we're doing this in the first place, this is all about you living into your own unique greatness, bringing your potential to life. And the only way that you're going to do that is to put yourself at the bottom of another mountain and get a compelling vision, something that excites you again. Because when you get a bigger vision, this is what happens. What once was hard to let go of in your business, we're talking about delegating, right? What's What was once hard to let go of, all of a sudden becomes a necessity. And when it's a necessity, you will let go. You will start to delegate. You will start to move in the direction of building your dream team Because that vision is too important to you, because it's compelling and it's pulling you forward. And the only way that you're going to achieve that vision is you're going to have to start to let go and you know it and you start to do it because you now have clarity of what you're going to grab onto. Why is it so hard to let go in our businesses and really start to delegate? Because we don't really know what letting go means. We don't know what we're going to grab onto next. So we cling to what's comfortable. So I'm suggesting you get a bigger vision, you put yourself at the bottom of another mountain, and you get excited about the climb again, all of a sudden, you're going to have clarity of what you have to grab onto. And all of a sudden, doing the work you've been doing, it's going to lose its magnetism. You're no longer going to feel the need to do it. In fact, you're almost going to be repulsed by it. You're going to be like, get this off my plate. It is keeping me from building my dream. And when you get yourself to that spot, you're right where you need to be. And it also opens up so many opportunities in the business for your team to grow because you're starting to delegate more and more things down into your business, into your team. And that is a great thing. So that's mistake number two, and that is not having a bigger vision. You've achieved a vision and you've not put yourself at the bottom of a new mountain. Mistake number three is you resist your own greatness. We all do this. Stephen Pressfield wrote a phenomenal book. So Stephen Pressfield, he's a prolific author. He's written tons of books. One of them is The Legend of Vagabants, Gates of Fire. He's a prolific author. And he wrote a book on the war of art, the war of his craft of writing and putting any type of creative work out into the world, which is entrepreneurship. He wrote this book called The War of Art, and it's all about how to break through resistance. He says that we have this diabolical enemy in our lives. He calls resistance with a capital R. It's that voice in our head that's constantly telling us we're not good enough. We're too young. We're too inexperienced. We're not worthy. It's that imposter syndrome that's out there in the world. And as long as you listen to that resistance... It will keep you small and keep you safe. Ultimately, it will keep you resisting your own greatness. You are putting a lid on yourself if you choose to listen to resistance. The most important thing here is just to become aware that it's there. 
become aware that, you know what, there is this story inside my own head. If you're listening, I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? This voice, this inner critic that's just constantly telling you, I'm not good enough, or what do I have to say? You know, resistance kept me from starting this podcast. I've wanted to start this podcast for three, four years. I spent hours drafting up an outline. What would it be about? Who would I talk to? What would be the topics? Where would I host it? What would my logo be? What would I call it? I had it all defined on paper, but I did not launch it for three years. Why? I was resisting my own greatness. Resistance was having its way with me, telling me, well, who do you think you are to start a podcast? You don't have anything good to say. And by the way, what experience do you have? You know, whatever. It just kept piling on to the point where I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should just put this down for a while. And you know how I started the podcast? I invited resistance to the party. And that's exactly how you're going to build your dream team. And that's exactly how you're going to live into your unique greatness, is you're going to invite resistance to the party. It's going to be there. There is that voice. It's going to be there saying, hey, who do you think you are? What are you doing? Like, oh, really? You think you're going to build a bigger business? Like, what makes you think you can grow a business bigger than the one you already have, right? Whatever it is. You invite it to the party. Say, you know, yeah, I hear you, but I'm done listening to you. I'm done listening to that voice of resistance in my head because its job is to keep you small and keep you safe, and I have more work to do. And if you and I are going to bring our potential to life, which we are, that's why you're listening to this podcast, we need to know what resistance is. We need to know that it's in our life, and we need to stare it down, look it in the eyes, and say, no, 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 no. I'm going to do that thing. In fact... That voice of resistance is actually an indicator of the direction that you're being called to go in. What you're most afraid of oftentimes where there is fear, there is your greatest opportunity. So I want you to reframe resistance, become aware of it. Where is it right now? Where are you feeling the most resistance when it comes to building a team? What is it telling you? And instead of listening to it as if it was a rule that's gui- that guides your life, know that it's just there to keep you comfortable? And what if you were to turn and face it and actually step into it and actually lean into that resistance and take action and almost do the thing it's telling you that you shouldn't do? Like, who are you to do that thing? That's exactly the thing that you need to be doing. So that's mistake number three is resisting your own greatness because we don't believe we deserve a dream team, a business that can run without us being there. We don't believe we deserve it We almost feel like we're an imposter. Now you know why. It's resistance. And so kick resistance ass because it's going to keep you right where you are for far too long. It's time to lean in and say, you know what? Take a seat. I've got this. Invite it to the party. Hey, you can come along if you want, but I'm going to do the thing that I desire to do. I'm going to build the business that I desire to build, and I'm going to do it on my terms. That's mistake number three resisting your own greatness. Because as long as you keep resisting who you are and diminishing who you are, you're never going to have what you ultimately desire in your life and in your business. So invite resistance to the party and do your work. Build the team that you know is going to take you to that new vision that you're going to create. Mistake number four, when it comes to building your dream team, is you're operating with this fundamental belief that, oh my God, I'm too busy, I need help, which is normal. We start feeling overwhelmed, 
and we start telling ourselves a story of, I can't keep doing this. I need help. And so what do we do? We go looking for help. And we end up putting band-aids on things, tying some things together with duct tape and twine, but never really further along in achieving our bigger vision. In fact, you end up having kind of a business held together by duct tape and twine, and you keep hiring people, you keep finding help, but you never seem to find the freedom that you're really looking for. All because you're operating with the belief that I need help. I'm here to tell you, you are not somebody who needs help. You are powerful. What if you were to think of yourself as being powerful? What I'm not saying is you don't need a team of people around you. You do. But when you go looking for help, you're kind of in a reactive, desperate state, and you go just go find somebody to take that little thing off your plate. And you take these little things off your plate all over the place, and now you're just sitting at the center of your business, and tell me if this is true, where you kind of feel like you're the hub of the business, the liaison, triager, you know, like if you think about the triager in the emergency room, that's you. People are coming to you, okay, I got that done, now what? You feel this constant anxiety like, oh my God, I need to give so-and-so something to do today, or I haven't checked in with her today, I'm not sure she knows what she needs to do. I need to give her her to-do list. And you kind of become the triager in what feels like an emergency room, that is your business. All because you believe you need help and you find people to help you. And what that prevents you from doing is really building your ideal dream team. Because you don't need help. You don't. You need somebody on your team that's going to take ownership of a major function of your business, right? You know, what are the major functions, the major pillars of your business? There's sales and marketing. There's maybe some operations, production. There's finance. There's all these kind of major pillars of the business, And until you start to find people that are going to sit in those seats and completely take ownership of them and start to give you things to react to, as opposed to you always have to acting on it, you will never find that freedom to go pursue the work that you desire to pursue in the business. So you don't need help. You need to build a team that's taking ownership. And the way you do that is you have to be able to step away from your business and start to see the forest for the trees. And one exercise I take clients through is just having them think about what would my dream team look like? What are the major pillars of my business? Who would be sitting in those seats? What would their qualifications need to be? What would their roles and responsibilities be? And you essentially create a blueprint on a piece of paper of what your business looks like as you're on your way building your vision. And when you start to see the clarity of like, oh my goodness, this is what my dream team would even look like in this business. I would have somebody literally sitting in the marketing seat, owning marketing, creating the marketing campaigns, the marketing calendars. Maybe I'd be meeting with them once a week and they'd be sharing the plan with me. But then really all I'd have to do is say, yeah, it looks good, give some input, but then they'd be off and running, freeing me up to go do the creative work that I love to do. You know, that's just an example. That's what one of my clients, that that was exactly what she was trying to build for herself. She didn't want to feel the minutia of having to create the, the marketing calendar and the content and all the things because she had better work to do. She had her work to do. And it wasn't until she looked and got clear on 
what that ideal dream team would look like. And she started to prioritize and get some of the right people in the right seats, right? Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, talks about you got to get the right people on the right seats of the bus. That's how you achieve a great vision. That's what it means to build your dream team. You don't need help. You don't. You need people in your business standing hip to hip with you, elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder, owning a function of the business, a pillar of the business, everyone working towards the greater good of the vision. And when you can do that, it's like magic. Things just start to happen so quickly in the business. And so what does your ideal team look like? What would be the major pillars of your business? What would be the roles that you would like them to have, the responsibilities? And then if you could only hire one, because that's the other thing. Sometimes we don't have the cash flow to hire. Back to mistake number one, we're waiting. But because we're waiting, we never get to this one. We never actually get a vision of what our team would look like. And so from that lack of clarity, we go months and even years without hiring that key person that we could have hired if we just were clear on who that next best hire might be. And it starts with you getting a blank piece of paper and just sketching out what would your ideal team look like? So that's mistake number four, thinking you need help. Instead, you don't need help. You need a team that's taking ownership. Mistake number five. There's five mistakes I'm sharing with you. Mistake number five is you have a team, but there's no ownership on that team. You have a team, but there's no ownership on that team. You, the entrepreneur, the leader of that business, is still the one triaging and delegating to-dos and tasks to your people. And if you don't show up to work on Monday to do the delegation, they don't know what to do. And there's just this underlying feeling that you can't trust them. And therefore, you don't ever really let go and let them do their work. You never really get out of their way and let them run, letting them do the tough work of execution. The most effective leaders know that their job is to create an environment for people to take ownership and to thrive. That's your job as a leader. So growing up, I'm 11 years old. 11 years old, I'm roping in the county fair rodeo. And, you know, during the week, I worked at my mom and dad's grocery store. I'd get off school around 3.30 and I'd walk a mile up Main Street, walk into my mom and dad's grocery store, clock in, and I'd work till about six o'clock at night every night. That's when the store would close. But on the weekends, we would load up the truck and trailer horse trailer with my horse, Joe, and we'd head out to a rodeo. On this particular Saturday, we're at a rodeo and I'm team roping and it's my turn to go next. And I back my horse into the chute. I give the nod. They open the chute. That steer jumps out and I chase after it. My horse goes right. The steer goes left. My rope goes straight up in the air and flies behind me and it's over. I missed again. I slowly exit more like sneak out of the arena. And as I'm leaving the arena, In the corner of my eye, I see my mom, and she's standing right on the fence. Like, not on the fence. She's kind of leaning against it. But she's standing beside another guy, and they're talking. This guy, he had a cowboy hat on, Wranglers, boots, and he's talking to my mom. As I left, you know, he tapped my mom on the shoulder, and he said, is that your son? And she's like, yeah, it's my son. And he goes, you know, I think he has potential. Why don't you send him up to my place for a week, my ranch? I got a ranch just south of Lincoln, Nebraska, Have him spend a week with me and my son, Travis. We'll we'll make a cowboy out of him. So my mom, (laughs) later that night, I'm putting my saddle away and I'm at the horse trailer and my mom comes walking around the corner. She's like, so I met Bruce today and 
he invited you to spend a week up at his ranch with his son, Travis, learning how to team rope. We leave in three weeks. I didn't say a whole lot. The day came, we loaded up the truck and trailer and headed up to um, Palmyra, Nebraska. And my mom drops the trailer off, me and my horse Joe off, and she leaves. I'm standing in, in the kitchen, Bruce's kitchen. Travis and I just finished up a bite to eat. Bruce comes into the kitchen. He's like, all right, boys, go saddle up your horses and meet me in the arena in 15 minutes. I look over at Travis. What did he say? Yeah, go get your horse. Meet us in the arena. We're going to start practice here in 15 minutes. Just between you and me, I'm talking to you, listening on this podcast right now. Just between you and me, I've never saddled my own horse. My mom always saddled my own horse. Well, Bruce doesn't know that. And I sure as hell ain't going to ask him. He ain't going to do it for me. So I walk out of that kitchen. The whole walk down to the stall to get my horse. I, you know, I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to do this? You know, and I, I walk my horse behind the horse trailer where nobody can see me. I tie him up. I see an old feed bucket sitting under the trailer. I set it down. I make a stool out of it. I grab that big old saddle out of the horse trailer. It weighs about as much as I do. And I remember stepping back and just stepping up on that bucket, throwing that saddle down. Thank God it stuck. It didn't fall off the other side. It easily could have. And then I would have been in a mess. It stayed on the back of that horse and I cinched it down tight and I got on the back of that horse and I rode into the arena. Something was different about me. I was riding taller in the saddle and my mom never had to saddle my horse again. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Your job as a leader, your and I's job as leaders in our businesses is to create an environment where people get to take ownership, where people get to grow up in many ways. And the only way they do that is for you to show up like Bruce and just have an expectation, see them as powerful, give them space to figure it out. Because you know what? How did you learn to do a lot of the work you do? I ask people that all the time. And well, the answer is, well, I had to figure it out. I had to make mistakes and I had to learn from it and I had to grow. My suggestion here is give your team that same opportunity. Create an environment where people get to take ownership. Because mistake number five is... We don't do that. We don't get out of people's way. We don't really keep the ownership with our team, keep the responsibility with our team. We take it from them. We take it from them. And every time we take it from them, they never learn to saddle their own horse. And that's hurting them more than it's helping them. And it's ultimately hurting you and your business more than it's helping you and your business. So that's mistake number five. And the alternative is you Your job, my job, is to create an environment where accountable people thrive, where powerful people, Patty McCord, Patty McCord wrote a really phenomenal book called Powerful. Patty McCord was the chief people officer of Netflix back when they were growing like crazy, doing the mail order DVDs, if you remember that, transitioning to streaming. And she said this about leadership. She said, our jobs as leaders of our businesses is not to empower our people. It's not. She said, our job is to realize that they walk in the door with power. And all we have to do is remind them of that and create an environment for them to exercise that power. That is your job. You do that. It will become the rising tide that lifts all boats. And you're going to be able to achieve your vision much, much faster and live the life that you dream to live and do the work that you love to do. You're great at That's your unique greatness. So these are only mistakes. I call these mistakes for one reason. They're mistakes if you're not aware of them. 
But now that you're aware of them, you can't unsee this stuff. And if listening today, if anything come up for you like, oh, yeah, that's me. Yep. Yep. That's me. You just crossed a threshold to where these no longer need to be a mistake. This is now your opportunity. You now have clarity of what your opportunities are. You're not stuck. There's a different approach that you can take. It is your opportunity to seize it now and start to build upon the steps. They're going to truly allow you to live in and work in your unique greatness and build your dream team. And so that's what my goal in today's episode was, is just to hold up a mirror like a great coach does and just show you how you might be getting in your own way. And we all do this. This is so normal. But now that you see it, this becomes your opportunity. So here are your marching orders. Before we leave, I want to anchor you in some clear next steps. Number one, sit down with a blank sheet of paper and start to sketch out what does your dream team look like? What are the major pillars of your business? What are the roles and responsibilities of each one of those pillars, of those functions? What would be the qualifications of somebody for them to sit in that seat? Do you have anybody in your business on your team already that could fulfill that role? If so, great. It's time to give them ownership. If not, maybe you're sitting in that seat for a while. That's okay. But at least you're clear on exactly the hats you're wearing. In business, all the time I hear people saying, oh, I wear a lot of hats. That's fine. But let's go ahead and know what color of hat it is and what the hat actually is so that we can start to take a hat off our head and put it on somebody else's head as the business continues to grow and evolve. So that's step number one is take some time and just sketch out what is the ideal structure of your team look like? What does your dream team look like if you were to build it on your way to building your vision? Also, I want you to spend some time thinking about what is your unique greatness? What do you love to do and you're great at? And we talked about resistance today. Oftentimes, the stuff that we love to do and we're great at, we also come in contact with the most resistance. We don't believe we deserve to spend our time only doing the things we love and that we're great at. And here's the thing. Reality is, if you really think about it, what would be different if you did spend your time in your unique greatness? If we actually sit with that, we know the answer. Oh my goodness, the business would grow. Sales would increase. I'd be able to create more partnerships in the industry. So much would be better if I could just spend my time over here. And so why aren't you? One is... We're not always clear on what that is. So that's step number two is I want you to think about what is your unique greatness, knowing that resistance is going to show up. I want you to really write down what is your work to do? Your work to do is right in the middle of what you're great at, you love to do, you're passionate about, and also is going to have the biggest impact towards you achieving your vision. What is it? And then once you're clear on that, this is the last step I'm going to give you today is now that you know you're saying yes to those things, success is all about a process of elimination. Because as you get clear on what is your work to do, all that's left, it is not to be more disciplined in doing the tough work. It's not. I'm not a fan of discipline. I think discipline only gets you so far. And so if you spend your life living in discipline and grit and tenacity, you're going to wear yourself out. Yeah, you need it to get started. Don't, yes, there's a time and place for discipline. But really, it's just a matter of deciding what you're no longer going to do. In other words, what are you going to say no to so that you can say yes to your unique 
greatness so that you can say yes to your potential. So what are you gonna say no to? What are you gonna eliminate from your life? What are you gonna let go of? What are you gonna give to somebody else to do so that you can do the stuff that's gonna have the most impact in the business? So those are our three marching orders. Sitting down, create your ideal team, create that blueprint, really get clear on what is your unique greatness and what is resistance? How is it keeping you small? And then lastly, what are you gonna say no to so you can start to say yes to your potential. And when you do that, I promise you, I promise you, your business is going to grow faster than you can imagine. You will become the rising tide that lifts all boats in your business. All right, I wanna take a moment to make an announcement. I want to let you know that I'm taking applications right now for the Create Purpose Mastermind, an intimate mastermind group for aspiring seven-figure creative female business owners who are looking to build their dream team. So if that's you, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Here's what it's gonna look like if you decide to spend a year with me and this intimate mastermind. You know, when I was putting this together, I really was thinking about what are the outcomes that I want you to get as a result of spending a year in this group. Number one is I want you to discover your unique greatness. Because when you surround yourself with people who see you for who you are and are able to draw you back to your own greatness, so much can change. Number two, I want to help you master your inner game because everything in business starts with self-awareness of why things are the way they are. Because as soon as you become aware of that, you get to decide and make a choice to change it for the better. Number three I want to see you lead with confidence, you know, because I fundamentally believe you already have everything you need. You don't need another guru to show you the way. And I want to see you build your dream team. And that's what you're ultimately going to be doing in this group is building a business around a team of people that no longer centers around you, the leader, but you now have a team where you now are able to free yourself up to be the true CEO and create a visionary of your business, ultimately to grow your business, make your business easier to manage, more profitable, and a lot more fun. So if you're an inspiring seven-figure creative female business owner who's wanting to build your dream team and grow your business, then please don't wait. There's only 12 seats available, so don't hesitate in getting your application in. What if this were to be your breakthrough year? And what if this mastermind is exactly what you need to really grow your business and bring your unique potential to life? To learn more, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. So there you have it. Hopefully you really enjoyed this podcast episode. And my hope is you found it really inspirational. And also, most importantly, I hope you took away some practical things that you can start to do and apply in your own life. So finally, I have one small favor to ask of you before you go. Wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple Music or Spotify, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Love to hear your thoughts. Come find us on social media. Share it on social media. It just really helps us get the word out, helps us grow our audience. So please do that. Thanks to my team, Ashley Bolden, who handles all the admin, and Chris Skipper, who handles all the music and editing of this podcast. For more information on the Create Purpose podcast, you can go to www.createpurpose.net. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Zach.Arend. Please drop me a comment. Reach out 
drop me a DM. I'd love to hear from you and love to hear what you're taking away from these conversations. What would you like to hear more of? Do you have any guests that you would love to see come on the show? And I'm always looking for great people to talk to and people with great stories that can inspire you. And so if you know of anybody, send them my way. Love to hear from you. I'm your host, Zach Aaron, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Create Purpose podcast. Bye for now.